Welcome to Save Station Radio, episode three. Hi, I'm your host, Dustin. And I'm Connor. And right off the bat, we need to address something. We had a name change. This is no longer Video Games Are Cool. It is now Save Station Radio. So if you're confused yeah. about that in the episodes, we're sorry, but this is our name instead of like a kind of funny reference. And we like it. Yeah, we have new key art by at Chili Straw on Twitter if you want to check that out. It's really great that they did that for us. I'm really happy with how it turned out. Yes, it's awesome. Definitely go check it out on Twitter. And, oh yeah, so the other thing to address is we are now recording this podcast remotely. So if things sound a bit different, uh, potentially a bit worse, that's why if we end up talking over each other a bit, we're trying to mitigate it as much as we can, but understand we're kind of, we're stuck with what we've got in terms of a recording situation. But we've been working through it. So hopefully this episode comes out okay. And so, yeah, this week we're talking Luigi's Mansion 3, finally, after a long time. Um, Unfortunately, school and things have gotten in my way, so it's taken me forever to beat it. But I have, and I beat it, I don't know, a couple weeks ago at this point. So my memory's a little hazy, but I think I got it. Connor was able to gather all of our notes this week, so thank you for that. Yeah, and I've actually been playing it just off and on uh, in since its release um because i've actually been playing the co-op with my mom so it's a little more fresh in my mind um i was actually just playing it last night good good so let's talk about luigi's mansion 3 it was released october 31st on halloween 2019 once again developed by next level game games in canada it so far has sold 5.37 million copies at least till the end of the year 2019 and it came out with which a is meta- pretty good oh yeah definitely pretty pretty good sales for just from basically two months of it being released it's getting that switch bump every basically every nintendo game which you kind of think is like oh kind of an okay seller on switch has been like killing it and this one's no yeah different. no kidding and luigi's mansion this one has come out a lot more a lot closer to the second one than the second one was to the first one so i think that's fresh in a lot of fans minds like five years still right was it really that long 2013 right yeah that was that was like six years yeah they're um they they take a while in these games and you know what i mean it shows so let's talk about the metacritic it's 86 which is better than both the original and dark moon from what i remember which is really great yeah, I mean, having it be critically acclaimed is always good for sales as well, and if it means we get another one, then that's all I can really hope for. Um, we'll get into it, but I still don't think this is the best of the series, but that 86 is definitely a good metric for how this t- game turned out. Yeah, I agree. I think that's about where my personal opinions land on it, but we'll get into that later. So this game, let's talk about the plot, how it opens. Um it's, it's basically the same as the first game where, well, actually it's not. Luigi and company are on vacation, and this time Mario and Peach and a couple Toads are joining them, and they end up going to this hotel, which... They do get invited to the hotel, which is very similar to the first one. Yeah. The ghosts are like, oh yeah, I'm just going to invite all these people to kidnap them, so... But it has this vibe, they're like on a, like a bus, and <laughs> it feels like it's like a Mario tour bus, like... He's a rock star or something, which is fun. Um, but we, you know, we we got all the fun Mario characters, and we get the Polter Pup returning, which is phenomenal. 
best character. Yeah, the Poulter Pup is fantastic, and I'm glad it's returning from the last game. Did you notice that it doesn't have its pupils from the end of the last game? No. The pupils were really bad at the end of the last game, so I understand why they cut them, but it's weird because them not having pupils was a sign of the Dark Moon being destroyed, but then it's like, eh, we're just going to leave, and Poulter Pup's fine, so... Yeah, there's something else like that that I'll talk about, just like a small detail, like a continuity thing that I'll talk about when we get more into the plot specifically. But just to give you more of the synopsis, we get there and then just ghost, spooky ghost stuff happens. And it's similar again to the first game where he shows up and then everything goes nuts. And now we have to climb a hotel. It's 15 floors and take care of boss ghosts, which are returning from the first game, which is awesome but we'll get into that in a minute yeah the the opening of this game is really upsetting for luigi because he's literally just going on vacation with his dog and his friends and then he goes to sleep the first night and king boo wakes him up and chases him down a laundry chute luigi gets no break not at all he gets no vacation so anyway most of the mechanics from dark moon specifically return including the strobe the strobe bulb and the dark light uh, which is fine i think that those additions to the gameplay i liked last time around and keeping those was was smart um they removed the run button which didn't really hinder it too much i feel like the design of this game made that work i don't know see so the returning mechanics having the strobe bulb is great i think the the flashlight system of the first game is a little hard to understand, honestly. Mm-hmm. But so having the strobe bulb was great and the dark lights cool for finding secrets, but not having a run button. The, the way they mitigate this is if you run in a straight line long enough, then Luigi will start running. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that has the same flow of, you know, holding down a run button because especially in this game, you want to be holding the vacuum down more often. So when you don't have it on, you have to wait like three seconds before you can start running. And I think that's a little annoying. That's fair. It was not an issue I really noticed, especially since most of the rooms are fairly contained. And honestly, there's not a lot of room to be running. But I I can see that, especially when you're exploring hallways and stuff. And especially if you end up backtracking and want to get back quickly. Yeah, it only ended up really being a problem when I started going for the gems. So... Yeah, I, I can see that. That's totally fair. And then this game added a whole bunch of new mechanics, including plunger shot, which is exactly what it sounds like. It allows you to shoot a plunger. There's a rope attached to it, so you can grab it with your vacuum, and you can use this to open doors or break things, and it's it's a satisfying mechanic. I really like it, actually. It adds to the puzzle solving. Occasionally the combat, though, not as much as I'd like, which we'll get into in a minute. I have some things to say about the combat in this game. Um, we get the burst jump. I think the plunger shot is great. It's basically any item that has some sort of circular design on the front of it or is too big to just vacuum up, you can use it. So the contextual clues are there, but it's also interesting to use it to solve certain puzzles. Um, and I think just, you know, smashing things. We'll get into this um, afterward, but just smashing things is really satisfying in this game. <laughs> it is. So we have the burst jump, which is you sort of it's like luigi's vacuum you can shoot a burst of air down which will cause him to jump up in the air and produce a shock wave all around him which will displace a lot of physics objects which can reveal secrets and coins and um 
So, and it also acts sometimes as an AOE if you want to get enemies away from you. Yeah, it doesn't deal any damage, but it's really helpful if you're getting swarmed or certain ghosts will grab onto Luigi. You can use that to break free. There's the occasional platforming segment, but it's very rare. It's like, it's like one moment where there's a rug and it's ripples and you have to jump over the ripples. Um, it's really not used that much at all, though. And then to get into the meat of the combat, there's the slam move, which replaces the like shock thing from dark moon where you'd grab a ghost and there'd be a meter and when the meter filled you'd hit a and you'd shock the ghost and it would bring down its health now instead of that it's the meter when once the meter fills you get to slam them which is like you whack your stick back and forth and luigi slams the ghost like uh like the hulk slams loki and the avengers back and forth which is a yeah, very you just get to suplex the ghosts yeah, it's great it feels very good and it's very satisfying though it does introduce a problem which is that's the only battle mechanic that's the only mechanic there is to fighting and i think halfway through this game i was sick of combat and it just becomes unfun as satisfies as satisfying as it is it just doesn't work for the whole game for me at least yeah this is the kind of game that i would actually prefer in the last episode we talked about that penultimate mission where spoilers for that game there's just a bunch of ghosts in a Mm -hmm. very tight area i feel like this game with the slam would actually be more fun with that kind of thing because with the slam when you slam a ghost or another object if you want to do that um then you can if you hit a ghost with that with another ghost then it will actually drain the ghost that you hit as well So when you get a bunch of ghosts in an area and you manage to grab onto one and then get to slam it into all of the others to try and stun them, it's really fun. But I don't feel like the actual combat encounters ever get complicated enough for that to really take hold. It's mainly like a few ghosts and then you just clear them out and you move on. Yeah, and honestly, I feel like it's just a real shame that it I just I wish this built off of the mechanics of Dark Moon. I wish this had the shock and the slam. You know what I mean? Just to make combat a little more interesting. Like imagine if the shock was still there and that dealt a considerable amount of damage where the slam's damage was reduced, but you could use it to crowd control a bit. I, I just feel like that would have made the combat so much more dynamic and interesting. Whereas as it is right now, halfway through the game, you've used the slam a billion times and you're just kind of sick of it. Or at least I Yeah, am. and I completely get that and i feel the same way but i've been sitting here thinking that the first game had less mechanics but somehow its combat felt more interesting and i i think the first game is so short that it doesn't really give you time to get bored of it you know yeah and i think it also might have the added benefit of each portrait ghost being more unique so you're not just fighting the same enemies over and over again, but we can get into that later. Yeah, and then what I think is the biggest mechanic here is, and the best, Guigi, uh, who is a, a a Luigi clone who comes out of the Poltergust, and he's controllable. Depending on how you played, you can either swap control between Guigi and Luigi, or if you're playing in co-op, you'll, uh, you'll control Luigi and the other person will control Guigi. And he's basically your tool for puzzles. He, Because he's made out of goo, he can slip through bars like the Terminator or spikes. And like Traps just have no effect on him. He melts in water, though, and he has very low health. 
but he can respawn instantly as many times as you want, so it's really not a problem. And he's just the best. I love my favorite thing if you're playing single player and you activate Guiji. Luigi goes limp, as if like Guiji has stolen his soul. It's, it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, Luigi just projects his consciousness into Guiji and then back again. Yeah, it's amazing. Which I think goes to one of the one of my major like like positives for this game is the animation and the characters and everything about it just feels like an upgrade over Dark Moon, which already felt like an upgrade over the first game. Like the improvements here in terms of just character work and cute scenes and hilarious moments is so vast. It's amazing. I honestly it's my favorite part of the game is the cutscenes. Oh yeah. No, the the animation team at Next Level Games they showed in the last game that they can really bring these characters to life and this game just cranks it up a notch because every character has such distinct movements and character moments and personality that comes through their face and all of their body motions every character in the game has this really satisfying cartoony squash and stretch to them and then they amplify that with guiji because he's made of goo so he squashes and stretches a lot more (laughs) and there's so many great character moments where Guiji being this like soulless clone essentially is not afraid of the ghosts and Luigi is or when the ghosts go to scare Guiji and he just kind of stares at them (laughs) it's just the best and they get all bummed out they're like it's so good like uh are you sure you're not scared you are It's, it's fantastic and you know uh, the animation in the last game was top notch, but with this being on the Switch, they are able to add so much more detail. And just having those, the character motion is really, really satisfying. There's moments throughout where other characters, like the Toads or Professor Egad, who returns, they have great moments. Professor Egad's run cycle gets me every time. But every just every it's moment of it the best thing ever. <laughs> it's just the best it's there's nothing better than that run cycle um every just looking at this game is fantastic and if you look up trailers of it you'll see exactly what we mean it's super charming but with the added benefit of being on the switch we also get a lot more dynamic like lighting effects and a lot more physics objects which is probably one of the most satisfying things about the gameplay is just walking into a room activating your vacuum and destroying every moving piece in the entire room and then moving on yeah it's very fun and there are levels which i don't want to spoil but where that physics is just it's so simple it's a very simple mechanic but like allowing you to clean up an entire room which sounds lame and boring but is so satisfying um, be honest, are you one of the people that sucked up every grain of sand in the desert? Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Okay, yeah, totally. exactly, because I have played this game about three times now, and every single time I spend at least 20 minutes vacuuming up every grain of sand in the desert. Yeah, it's it's very satisfying. So before we get into talking it level by level and analyzing it that way, how did you play this game? Did you play it with a co-op partner the first time through? Um, no. So the first time through, I obviously pre-ordered it, picked it up that night, and then played most of it, because I, it's the same way I played the second game, picked it up, played most of it. Um, but yeah, I did the whole game single player, 
and then I retreaded the whole game to get all the gems and the booze, and then I think I did just like a quick run through again single player, and then now I'm doing a co-op run now. I played the whole thing co-op with my brother, and I gotta say the co-op is very impressive. It's once you get Guiji, which is very early on in the story, you can play co-op the entire time, and both players pretty much have almost all access except for those like limited restrictions I described with Guiji earlier, where he can't go in water. But again, that's extremely rare. And the co-op, like, it doesn't get in the way of itself. It's never too frustrating. And it's just, it's a fun time. And there are honestly sections of this game, and I know you've played the whole thing without co-op, where I, I can't imagine not having a co-op partner, which is impressive. Yeah, and I honestly think the co-op is really satisfying, and having, you know, two characters in control all the time is really helpful. But there are certain certain moments with the combat that the the combat especially the puzzle solving with co-op is phenomenal and using each mm-hmm. character's abilities you know luigi can't go through bars but guigi can't get wet so combining those things leads to some creative puzzle solving and doing that with a co-op partner is really great but the combat with the slam especially doesn't feel like it was designed for co-op and what i mean by that is when you slam a ghost into another ghost, if your co-op partner was holding it, it stops the your partner from holding that ghost. So it becomes this weird thing of you slam a ghost, you kill the one you're holding, you go pick up the one you just slammed because it's stunned, and then it ends up just being one person does all of the work while the other person runs around and picks up gold. Uh, yeah, I don't think we experienced that too much. There were definitely moments early on where it was like, ah, I was, I was doing something there, but... For me, me and my brother, just in, we didn't run into too many issues. And of course, your mileage may vary depending on your co-op partner. Is always the case with these kind of games. But I don't know. For the most part, I was pretty impressed. Like, it's hard to make a good co-op game that also works as, as a single-player game. I think, like, one of the only examples I'd put up as an excellent co-op game that works both ways is, like, Halo. So, honestly, pretty high bar, and that's, that's an A+, for me at least. Yeah, for sure. And... You know, it's it's a thing where in single player you will need to use Guiji for certain puzzle solving or whatever, but it never requires you to have both characters active at the same time. Usually you can let one character drift and then the other character will do things. And I think that design really works for single player. And then it just has the added benefit of if you're co-op, then cool. Like it's not going to break things in half it's not gonna make thing it's not like single player is unplayable because of it it just really strikes that balance really well right so unless you have anything more specific to talk about mechanics are you ready to move on to the uh, larger spoilerly uh, analysis um i want to talk about the music real quick oh sure Obviously, if you listen to the past episodes, I think the music in the first game is just really iconic and really well integrated. The second game, I think we both agreed that was kind of forgettable. Yeah, it's good. It fits, but it's not... Like, the first game had that weird electronic 
punch to it that the second game just doesn't. But what did you think of the music in this game? I loved it. I think, especially because every floor is a different theme, um, both in visuals and music, it really just, like, it added to the excitement of seeing what the next floor was about. Just It just felt very charming, and it doesn't have, like, having played Luigi's Mansion 1 for the first time last year, I was really, the music struck me as interesting, because it didn't feel, I, I don't know, it just felt like I wasn't expecting it to sound that way. Yeah, it doesn't feel really video-y, video gamey. Yeah, here I don't necessarily feel that way about it, but I think it fits the game so well, and I was so impressed, especially certain tracks were like, for example, there's one track involving a banjo that I thought was phenomenal, and like they just fit the themes and level locations so well, and I just, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and I really love that each floor has a different, you know, ambient track for when you're just exploring, and a different battle track, because... You know, when you get into a battle in a certain environment and the music matches that tone specifically, it just really adds to it. And I thought that was a really great touch. And I don't know, I just, while we're talking about the presentation, I feel like the environments of these floors are so varied and so just really great to be in. And then obviously destroying everything with your vacuum. I find that part of the game... Even if the combat falls a little bit flat, that part of the game warrants a purchase already because it is that just visually cool. It's beautiful. And I will say environment-wise, I do think the lighting is very bright in this game. I don't think like if you were a person that did not like Dark Moon because of its bright lighting, which I know is a common criticism, you will also have that same criticism here. It's still like like it still feels unbelievable that luigi needs a flashlight to see anything because everything's so well lit uh, it didn't bug me personally i just want to throw that out there because i know that was a complaint people had with the second game yeah i mean it's a cartoony mario game it's obviously going to be brighter i think that's fine it still has some gloomy environments with the certain cartoony cheer and that balance is hard to strike but i think it works yeah for sure all right, well, let's let's get into it. Let's let's talk about it uh, in depth. So if you don't want spoilers for this game, which, you know, you should play it. I think we both recommend it. Uh, stop listening now and go pick it up. Come back to this episode later. Yeah, definitely. If you enjoyed the second game, then you will absolutely love this game because it's just like a step up from the second game. If you thought that the second game wasn't nearly as good as the first one, like I did, then you might be a little disappointed, but I still think it warrants a play because it is still really charming and really fun. For sure. So we already talked about the intro a bit. Luigi and the gang are coming. Uh, they get invited to this hotel and they're basically on vacation. In their bus, they pull up. Oh my god, Toad driving. <laughs> you can't <laughs> see the over way, the steering wheel. You can't see over it. It's so good. Um, but they all unpack it into the hotel and it's adorable. Everything is like gold and shiny and like there's green hills and it's like picturesque. It's it's very cool. And they get to the hotel and talk to the woman at the front desk, the owner, whose name is Helen Gravely, which at this point in Luigi's life, you'd think he'd go, huh, wait a minute. Her name is Hellgrave. Too mm. late. <laughs> maybe maybe we should go check into another hotel. 
um, but whatever. Uh, Luigi and Mario say night night to each other, and it makes your heart melt. Um, important thing before he goes to bed, you can go into the bathroom and pet the dog. It's very important to me. Very important. And then he goes to bed, and he wakes up, and it's all gone bad. It's dark. It's spooky. There's fog. It's 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 nothing's okay. And this is where we go into the hallway, and we can go into Mario's room, and find out he's missing. Uh, there's a lot of like pizza boxes all over the place. It's very cute. I think that comes later because I think the moment that Luigi wakes up and steps outside the room, King Boo is there and chases him into the laundry chute. So it happened right away. Because you come back to this floor later. Oh, good point. So yes, yeah, so when we go down to the laundry chute, we're in the laundry mat, um, and we make our way through that to the garage where we meet our old friend who happened to be here, Professor Egad. Mm. And his little portable laboratory. <laughs> yeah, uh, not quite, because I think Egad gets captured as well. So you have to go. Oh, that's right. We you have to go that. back to up to the first the garage, floor, right? And explore a little bit, and that's when you find Egad in the painting. And he, that's right. Yeah, and he, yeah, you're right. And he explains that he was also invited to this hotel, much like the other gang was, but. The way that Helen gravely invited him was that she said that he that she has a large collection of ghosts that she wants to show him. <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, totally. That sounds completely legit. I want to just come without any protection. What a little weirdo. <laughs> what a little weirdo. Um, so you rescue him. Um, all the while, your polter pup is guiding you around, and it's very adorable. Um, yes. You get re-equipped. That's right, because this is where we get his run cycle. <laughs> yes, it is fantastic. Um you have the the poltergust already because you picked it up out of the car, <laughs> out of his trunk um, in the garage. Very similar to the second game. Yeah, and it's and it comes equipped with all of the power-ups from the last game as well. You know, you get the dark light and the strobe bulb right away, um, which really adds to this game feeling like a sequel to two instead of a sequel to one, but whatever. You save him, he goes to the basement and gets his pop-up lab that fits into a non non like a pocket dimension lab which is fantastic and it comes out of a briefcase right uh no that that comes later as well but this is where you get your first boss ghost against the uh hotel bellboy yes and this is a good point to talk about um they're not portrait ghosts necessarily but they basically are they're unique ghost encounters um, they're shaped like like bubbly, cartoony people. They're great. They all have their own personalities. Again, a, a huge step up from the second game, I think, with the possessor ghosts. Yeah, I still find it a little, a little weird that, and maybe it's just because this is a longer game, but the fact that there aren't just portrait ghosts that aren't bosses, I don't know. I think that charm from the first game of these are just some ghost people hanging out in the house, whereas... In this game, it's like, oh no, they're specifically holding the button you need to advance, so they are the boss of the floor. That just It just feels different, you know? Yeah. But I do love the personalities of all the boss ghosts. It's fantastic. They're great. Okay, so now we have EGAD. So this is where we go. Do we go to the lobby now, or do we go to the next floor? Do we go to the RIP suites? Uh, Yeah, we go to the RIP suites, the floor that the gang was staying on before Luigi took a tumble in the shoe and all of Luigi's friends got trapped in paintings again. Um, so now you get to explore the different rooms that 
your friends were staying in and you get to see all the great environmental storytelling of their characters looks great this is the floor that's like okay this is what you would expect a luigi's mansion game set in a hotel to look like like it just looks like a creepy hotel but it's good stuff and this is also where we get our where we get the central mechanic of this game um which is hey we we got to use the elevator to get up to new floors and to do that we need all the buttons which the ghosts have stolen and that's how we get our boss fights um we get our buttons from them to proceed and that's how we advance in the game yeah and then so the boss of this floor is the like lead maid of the maid service um and she steals the briefcase that egad sent you to gather which once you defeat her you come back you get the you get the briefcase and then you take it back to egad and inside the briefcase is guiji yep and that's where we get him and then after that we proceed to and this is, by the way, this is the point, this next floor, which is the, like, shopping center floor. This is the point where I'm like, oh, this game is great. This game is special. We go up there, and it's sort of this, like, hotel gift shop kind of feel. There's, like, different shops. There's, a there's like, a barber shop. There's, like, a clothes shop. It's just this, like, weird little, like, like mall-feeling area. And the boss here is kind of, like, he's kind of like a mall cop guy, which is very funny. Yeah, and he has a... He's very cowardly. He has a water pistol. Yeah. It's it's very cute. It's very well done. This floor also serves as the tutorial floor for how to use Guiji's abilities because all of the shops, their gates are closed because the hotel is closed, so only Guiji can slip through the gates. And it really made me realize on that floor especially that, well, you know, if you're playing this co-op, then one player is going to do pretty much everything on this floor. Yeah, for sure. It's... Those shops are all small enough, though, that it doesn't really... It's not like they're playing for hours. It's more like they're playing for maybe five minutes. Yeah, and then they can come back. But, yeah. So, yeah, you fight the you fight the boss, which also only Guiji can fight the boss, which is a little weird. But the fact that the boss has a water pistol means that he can one-shot Guiji with it because Guiji can't touch water. And then the fact that the boss ghost just keeps putting on different pairs of sunglasses also just is really great i love it so much and that works like the characters from dark moon did where you have to dispose of the sunglasses first before you can damage them with the flashlight yeah a lot of the combat is very similar to dark moon you get the sunglass ones the ones with just objects on their heads um some will have shields that in this game you have instead of just waiting for them to remove their shield for you you can use the plunger to destroy the shield so then we after that floor, we move to the next floor, which is kind of like a dining area. There's kitchens. It's, again, suitably adorable. Um, this is where we get we get some mice that you can destroy for coins. Uh, and I believe one of them steals the elevator key, if I'm remembering correctly, right? Yeah, so after you fight the boss, which is the head chef, you fight him in the kitchen, and there's smoke because he's terrible at his job. All that's great. You shoot fish, and they explode. Um, then a mouse steals the button and you have to chase it throughout, which is not a one-time occurrence, as we'll get into. No, um, but this floor, it's it's fine and it's funny. Um, I quite like it. There's also a moment where you go to the dining area, the restaurant area or whatever, and there's a bunch of ghosts just hanging out, having dinner, and they're just trying to sneak past them. And it all goes bad. It's just a very funny scene. And then after that, we move to the music hall, which this is the first of several floors that are basically just boss fights. There's not a lot to them to explore necessarily, but 
it's just kind of a big boss arena against this piano playing ghost. It's 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 great. It reminds me of that boss from the first game with the pianist. Um, and he basically like there's like a bunch of chairs he'll throw at you, and he throws the piano at you too, right? Um, yeah, about halfway through the fight, he'll actually possess the piano, and then it reminds me a lot right. of the um, staircase boss in the last game. Yeah, it's really great. I, I love the characterization of this ghost because he just looks so tired of you the whole time. Yeah, he's not He's not into it. Again, it's just another like cute boss fight against a named enemy ghost, and it, it really works. So after that, we get to uh, one of the biggest floors, or... Definitely one of the biggest players so far, which is the castle area. And again, this is the first time in the hotel where you went, oh, you guys are going wild with this. You're introducing new environments that are like crazy. Yeah, because this is like a medieval castle, which is, yeah, it's not something that you would see in a hotel, but it still feels like it in a way. The way that a lot of these floors are set up that really I'm impressed with is that they do these crazy things like this medieval castle, but they still have elements to make you believe that, Mm -hmm. oh, this is still a hotel. Like, in the castle, there's these, like, fruit vendors and, like, popcorn stands. And it's like, okay, so these hotel guests would come and just view this fight if it was a normal hotel. It all very feels like Las Vegas to me. Like that. Like, you put a lot of effort into this, but somehow it's still pretty cheesy. Like, it's not Disneyland level, but you're trying. Yeah, it's just and like... And I just a, love it. It's such a great aesthetic. It's just like a gimmick hotel you'd go to stay at. It's very cool. And the boss right here... Well, actually, before that, it's a lot of, like, dungeons, and it's kind of creepy. There's a lot of, like, spike floors, and there's those, like, hanging cages that always, like, are horrifying to me. That, like, in, like, anything with pirates or medieval people, you'd see skeletons hanging in them. Um, kind of dark, like, torture stuff, which is, you know incongruous to luigi it's it's cute it's funny and then the boss fight here is a joust jousting fight with the with the ghost which again I, I really liked um yeah this one though this is the first boss that gave me a lot of trouble and not in the way that it's difficult to fight it's the way that mm-hmm. the act of actually trying to damage it is just really not very well communicated i don't think no, it's a bit obtuse. We definitely had problems with it, too. Yeah, I think... Because even when I went to play this game again, I still had to look up his boss strategy because I just completely forgot how to damage him. So I will say, and this is... one. This is definitely my biggest complaint with the game. This is where we ran into it. I don't know whose idea it was to make the low health noise the sharpest, loudest, worst thing ever, but Jesus Christ, they should be fired. I can't... Like, oh my God, it's it is It's insane the worst. how bad it is. It is so And this bad. is the first time we ran into it where I got low health. And um, if I can find it, I'll actually play a clip of it here. But not too long because it'll make you like want to blow your brains out. It's so bad. I can't believe it. Honestly, for a game that's so well put together, this one element was like, it just stood out as like, who, who thought this was a good idea? And low health noises are something that's always annoying just in any game. And I can understand yeah, that. They're be- important. Yeah, it's like, okay, I do want to be a little bit annoyed because I need to get health or I will die. That's fine. You know, I've played mm-hmm. old Zelda games where that's a thing, but the best kind of those things are where the low health noise starts playing and then it fades down a little bit so that it's still there, but it's not immediate. 
In this game, the opposite is true. It will start quiet, and then the lower health you go, it'll start to get louder, and then once it's at its loudest, it will actually dim the other music and other sound effects in the game, which sucks so much. <laughs> drowns out everything, and it is just ear-piercing. Honestly, I just I don't know what they were thinking. I can't think of another low health indication that is that annoying. I just can't. It like this is like number one. Yeah, the only it's thing that really comes bad. remotely close is the low health noise in A Link to the Past, but even that is not nearly as bad as this. But anyway, after you survive that, and if you haven't turned off the game because of the low health, um, we make it to the Garden Suites, which is one of my favorite areas. I just love this overground like like look there's weeds and grass everywhere it it just it looks really nice to me it's it's spooky it's got a spooky atmosphere but most importantly this is the point where luigi gets a buzzsaw which you may have seen online and it is hilarious yeah it is honestly one of the best moments of the game because you get a buzzsaw and you can chop literally everything in the room we've talked about how you can take the vacuum and vacuum up everything this you can start sawing apart the furniture and parts of the wall and it is the best moment of the whole game it has this texas chainsaw massacre vibe to it it works so well it's so funny also i love the boss here it's just this like gardener with a big white beard with a watering can he's his design is very funny to me yeah and he has a plant that will eat you but isn't a piranha plant which seems strange in retrospect but it looks it looks cool in this game it's fine yeah i like him um i love the i love the different coloration in this in this floor especially because you get a lot of a lot of green obviously because it's overgrown but there's certain floors with these like purple glowing mushrooms and floors with like mm -hmm. golden light coming in and the green the light green watermelons and the pink um, flower petals and the use of color in this floor just really, really struck me as um, very visually cool in this floor. It's very well designed. And I also love the central gimmick of this one is there's a big tree in the middle of it and you have to climb up through all these floors, which by the way, breaks the illusion that this is just one floor, but whatever. You have to climb up uh, like three floors of stairs through different rooms to get to the top of this tree it's it's very cool and visually it's it's nice especially at this point in the game you've you know seen the typical luigi's mansion style dark hallways and a castle and now this it just feels very visually distinct and it's awesome but that pales into comparison to the next floor which is the best floor in the whole game which is the movie studio at least in my opinion <laughs> i do love this floor a lot the whole setup it's of this so floor great is that it's like a movie studio and there's a director crying about how he lost his megaphone and so you go through all of these different movie sets to try and get it back and each one is visually distinct for a different genre of movie and it's so clever it's really clever and i love the way they play with size and camera angles and yeah because that's the thing is they're different movie sets and when you go to the set there's a blue screen in the background and there's a camera there, and if you look through the camera as Luigi, you'll you will then get the frame of what the movie looks like, and the blue screen is keyed out, and there's a background there. So like there's a there's a medieval castle movie where like then the background is suddenly there, and you can see what's at back there, 
and there's like one of buildings that are on fire and all this stuff and you have to use Kuiji to go solve puzzles and it just it's really creative and fun yeah and i love how the environments will change around you like when you're doing the medieval one there the uh ghosts will come up with ladders and there will be like trebuchets throwing fireballs and all that where then if you stop looking through the camera abruptly it'll just be a regular movie studio i thought that's just really really yeah. clever it's so good and the boss fight here too i love it's very simple but it's not a boss fight against the director ghost it's a boss fight in the sense that the director ghost is just trying to make a a monster like a kaiju godzilla movie and he has you go into this like fake city um so you're huge with all these buildings and you're stomping around and you have to fight a a ghost dressed as a godzilla monster and it's just very cool and visually it's like again it's just like nothing else you've seen so far in the game and even at the end of that fight you finish that fight and you get the key go ahead yeah i love how in this floor you can uh you can actually like tromp around the buildings and use your vacuum to destroy the environment i love that kind of stuff in this game where the environment will change to what you're doing and also what the boss is doing because the boss can blow up buildings it just really sells this whole thing as well as the border of the frame having that recording camera outline to it just really makes this fight really special it's so fun and i love at the end of the fight you get the button and the director goes back into the editing bay to work on his movie and you don't have to you don't have to get him you just let him go he's just a happy ghost director you don't have to suck him over to your vacuum and ruin his day at all. Or you totally can for the achievement. <laughs> yeah, there is an achievement if you go in and get him. I think he only has like 25 health, which is the lowest health of any enemy in the game other than the miniatures. Did you get him? I didn't. I let him go. I let him go and then I came back and read the achievements. I was like, oh wait, no, I'm going to go get him now. <laughs> you monster. I was trying to get all the achievements, okay? It's great. It's just a great little moment all around. I, that floor is a 10. Well, almost, because right at the end of it, since he just gives you the button, and you fought a boss, but he just gives you the button, you go and you try and put it into the elevator, and this ghost cat comes out and steals it. And this ghost cat is the pet of Helen Gravely, and she just sends it to mess with you from now and then, just to pad out the game, I guess, because, man, these cat chases are really... I'll let you describe them because they are really rough. They're awful. They're just, they're backtracking at its worst. They just lead you through the same areas you've been through twice. And it's just not very fun. And it it's just, it feels like padding, like you said, at its worst. Honestly, I don't understand why they're here. This is already a pretty long game. They don't need them. It just feels like, it feels like somebody went, our game's too short and we need more, so let's make them run through the same environments. And honestly, it's just, it, it ruins the flow. It ruins the flow of the game. It sucks. Yeah, if you played the previous game, it's similar to the Polterpup missions, only way more annoying. Because the Polterpup missions, it's kind of like the last thing you do and you have a bunch of shortcuts for the mansion already. In this one, it's literally just going through the exact same rooms in the exact same order that you already did. Yep, for what amounts to like an okay boss fight against the cat that you have to do like three times. No, it's it's an annoying it's boss a, fight. You can say it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's just it it just it's really unfortunate. And when I talk about how like 
oh, 86 sounds fine for me on a Metacritic. Why this wouldn't be like a nine to me? This is this is a this and the low half indicator are the two biggest issues I have with this game. Yeah, those two add up to 14. <laughs> yeah, and it wouldn't be a problem if these backtracking segments were giving you something new to do giving you new areas to explore, giving you new pathways, even if they were just simple shortcuts, like that would alleviate the problem a lot. It just feels like, why? Why are we doing this? I don't know. It just, it really bumped me out. Like, honestly, both times it happened, I was like, why? Don't do this to me. Yeah, and you said... You were doing so well. You said the boss fight with the cat was okay, and I kind of disagree with you because it's, it's fine, I guess, but the way you have to take care of this cat is the cat will sneak up on you and you have to not look at it and wait for it to prepare to strike and get it right before it strikes you and it is literally one of the most boring fights in the game because it's all waiting so i think part of the reason why i think it's okay is a bit artificial i think i think it's okay because at that point that's when i was getting a little sick of the combat and i was like well at least this is different at least this is a slightly different mechanic. Though I will say, turning to get the cat occasionally felt a little janky and occasionally felt like, oh, I should have got it, and it didn't. And so I was a bit frustrated there. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's just a minor gripe I have with this game, where this and the last one, where a lot of the boss fights seem like it's just a lot of waiting for an attack cycle to finish, and then you get an opening. And that's like pretty standard for boss fights but it is also my least favorite boss design where you know the player really doesn't have to do anything except dodge for 20 seconds until Mm -hmm. oh now i can actually fight the thing it's i don't know it just feels really boring to me and i guess i'm spoiled by other games that have done better bosses but i don't know it's just a minor great no it's a fair criticism and i honestly i think we probably should have talked about this at the beginning of the podcast but Part of the problem is the controls. It controls very well. It's pretty satisfying most of the time, but it's not precise. And I think part of the problem is when you have these types of bosses where you're waiting for animations to dodge and then you get an opening, if you miss because of the controls, it's infuriating because then you have to do it all over again. And even though most of the bosses are relatively easy and that's pretty rare to happen, when it does, it just sticks out. And I honestly think that that's probably the issue here. Is if they if you had just a tad more control and could be a bit more precise i think it would fix some of those issues but because you can't it just makes it all the more frustrating yeah i completely understand that and it's still just i don't know it just baffles me that there's not a run button because it makes the times that you do miss really sluggish because then you have to you know you're all expecting to hit him and then you don't and then you have to go back to dodging and you have to get your run to boot up again, basically, for another three seconds. And it just... I was actually looking at the controls last night, and the B button, which you would expect to be the run button, actually turns it into sidestep mode, which I don't know why a major face button on the controller makes it sidestep mode instead of, you know, running. <laughs> it's because the controls, again, they're fine. They're they're pretty decent, but they're not perfect. And honestly, it's the same problem I have the first game where it gives you two control options and neither of them are preferable to me, and I feel the same way here. Um, even though they do make great strides, but it just feels like weird for a 2019 release to control this way, where it's like, I don't know, I it's, it's a third-person game. Why don't you just have standard third-person controls? It just feels weird. 
but it, it does work most of the time. I don't want to sound too negative on it. Yeah, and it's it's perfectly playable, and you know the controls work especially. But I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that the controls aren't you're not required to be precise with them a whole lot i feel like if the combat turned into something more intense then they would try and you know give the controls a little better feel because you would need it to be that way if the combat was intense but since it's pretty loose you can kind of you could be looser with it yeah i guess i just feel like even if even an easy game doesn't you know, you can still make a control great. Oh yeah, no, it's like, not. I, a, I just, it's not an I excuse. I just feel like it's a bit. I just don't think that's a. The cat chases also will lead to multiple floors, which is why it's not like, oh, I just have, I just finished this floor. I have to go backtrack. It's like, yeah, you have to do that, but then you also have to backtrack the floor you just finished. Yeah, and it's particularly frustrating in the garden floor because, again, that floor is multiple floors in one, so you're going up the stairs and entering different rooms constantly, and it's just like, Ugh, stop, end this, please. But and you're holding whatever. down the dark it is light, it is. which you can't. You can't hold down the dark light and turn at the same time because that's not how the thumbs work. And I don't know. It just feels a little weird. So the next floor is the. Um, I didn't realize it was named this in in the notes you put. Unnatural History Museum, which is pretty funny. Yeah, that's what it's called in um, the game. <laughs> that's awesome. And it's another. It's basically another boss floor, like the concert hall. You basically are fighting a an undead Tyrannosaurus Rex. It's it's cool visually. I love it. Um, it's a good boss fight. I think pretty easy, like all of them. But I enjoyed it. Yeah, you destroy this Tyrannosaurus Rex model, and then a caveman ghost pops out, and you have to fight him as well. It's yeah. it's got charm. Um, the only gripe I have with this one is the first phase. There's two pterodactyls holding eggs, and they'll drop them, and then you have to shoot them at the T Rex, but once you hit him once, then he destroys one of them and you only have one egg source. And then it feels a little unfair because it will like, I don't know. The flow just breaks up because if you lose an egg, then you're just toast for a minute. (laughs) So yeah, it's a, it's a minor thing, but it just feels weird to have that as a sense of, Oh, well this phase is going to be more difficult because we're just going to remove a thing. It's like, "Eh, I don't know if that's really more difficult. Yeah. And I think that just speaks to, Sort of um, our problems with the bosses in general and the attack patterns and stuff like that. Yeah, but I do love being able to destroy all of the skeletons when you're searching for the gems. That is very fun. Um, and then next floor, instead of proceeding up, we actually go back down to the basement to the boiler works because I forget what the story reason is. It's just whatever button they gave you. Okay, yeah. Because you, you come back to the Boiler Works for story reasons, but this one is just, oh, well, we didn't get floor 10. We got B2, so here we go. Right. This is my least favorite floor in the whole game. I think if I were to rank them, this would definitely be on the bottom. Oh, yeah, agreed. Though, in terms of music, on top, I love that banjo. Oh, it's fantastic. It's uh, very cute. Yeah, and I love the, the boss ghost. is this, like, redneck dude. It's really funny. Um, but this floor is a lot of, it's a, so it's a water level where you and Guiji need to get on inner tubes and use the vacuum to control it, to like push you forward or whatever. Um, which basically means your controls are reversed because you have to be looking backwards to propel yourself forward. And for, I just hated it. I hated it so much. It was not fun for me to control and I got really frustrated there were a couple moments where it asked you to be pretty precise 
to weave through ox- obstacles and to dodge ghosts in the water. And I just, I really disliked it, honestly. Yeah, I think the water controls are the biggest problem with this floor because I think the actual puzzle solving, having Luigi do some maneuvering and Gooigi solve some puzzles and the way the two interact with each other, I think that is all great. It's the fact that Luigi is on a water tube and Gooigi is not. It's very much like, oh, well, Luigi's controls are bad, but here's Gooigi and I want to play as him. Yeah, not not a fan of this area at all. It also kind of sucks that the boss fight is also the water physics. Definitely the worst area of the game. But another great area is after this, which is the desert tomb, which is what we were talking about earlier with the sand. Um, and it's it with the sand and like there's this whole room, like basically an introductory room where you there's this massive area with a pyramid in the middle and a snake to the side and all the stuff to discover within the sand. So I just ended up like almost clearing out that entire area of sand. It was so much fun. Oh yeah. And just really satisfying visually. Yeah, I think um the this is the one floor that I'm thinking about that doesn't follow that rule of well, it's weird, but at least it feels like it's kind of a hotel area. This one does not feel like a hotel area at all. It's got that Las Vegas feel where you're just like, this is like you put a lot of effort into this, but it still feels fake, you know? But it doesn't feel and like a it. place where people would just be, you know? Because like... No, not at all. This is where we go off the rails, and I, I think it's great. But there's like death traps, and you know, you can drown in sand. I don't know. It feels really, really weird. Um, this is also, we get the return of the mummy ghosts from Dark Moon, uh, who work the same, which I appreciated again because it helped change the combat up of Tad. Um, not enough, but a little bit. Uh, and it's also a fairly lengthy floor. Like, there's a lot to do. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of... And I li- also like that, because um, you go in and you meet the Egyptian queen ghost and she sends you down a trap floor and you have to dig your way out. But I like how there's three different areas that each have a piece of the puzzle, so you can kind of pick and choose which one you want to do in whichever order. I just appreciate that kind of thing. Um, But while you're talking about the variety in the combat, it's worth mentioning that this game only really has three ghost types. Yeah, and this was actually when I talked about, I forgot to mention it, um, earlier when I talked about like continuity issue. It's weird to me that in the first game, your average ghost, the first game, I mean Dark Moon, the average like fodder ghosts were the green ones, and now they're the blue ones. It's just playing these back to back. It was a dumb thing. Like the dogs, people that I noticed, I'm like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> that feels wrong. But there's uh, the normal fodder ghosts are blue, and then you have the big, beefy red ones, mm-hmm. and then you have the sneaky ones that can like turn invisible and sneak up behind you, and they're purple. And then I guess there's the yellow ones, but they very rarely show up. But that's still only like four ghosts yeah. for every combat encounter in the game. There's the like weird door ones with the tongues, but those barely count. You only fight those like a total of three times in the whole game. Yeah. And they don't add to the combat sandbox. They're just a gate. Yeah. And there's the mummy ghosts. Like they dress up differently. Um, usually it's just an object you have to figure out how to deal with, which helps a tad, but yeah, like I said, it's just not enough. And this was a problem with Dark Moon as well, because Dark Moon really only had the green fodder ghosts, the red ones, and then the blue sneaky ones, and then the purple sneaky ones. Well, it had like the big guys that would spit at you, and the dudes with the brains, and 
I don't know. It had enough that I never felt truly bored of the combat. Here, though, it just... I don't know, man. It just... Like like you're saying, it's just there just wasn't enough. Well, and it's such a weird thing because the original game had so much variety of enemies where... Like, a, a really good example of this is the first game had the Shy Guy ghosts... And they were wearing masks, so you'd have to suck the masks off and then get them. The way that Dark Moon and this game does it is, well, it's the same blue fodder ghost that you've been fighting, but now it has sunglasses, so you got to deal with that. It just visually feels really samey, and I think that makes a big difference when, you know, you're fighting the same looking enemies over and over again. It makes it feel more samey than it mechanically is if that makes sense yeah and i just feel like because of the simplistic combat any sort of visual change would have been nice and that would have helped so yeah i agree that's not to say that the you know like the masks or the sunglasses or the shields or anything isn't great because there's a lot of charm to that like in the music hall that we talked about earlier they're ghosts with masks but they're like masquerade masks and then they come out and they're like tutu dancing Mm. that's great but they're still the same ghosts if you know what i mean totally it is it is what it is but anyway after that we moved to the magician's suites which are they're like the normal hotel suites except they're all jumbled up and i don't know what to compare it to um but you can walk into a room and the room will be upside down or You expect to go into a hallway, instead you'll enter another room. It feels like the Ministry of Magic from Harry Potter, you know? Yeah, and... Or it's just like you don't know what to expect in each room. This is my favorite floor of the game, I think, just mechanically and structurally. This one is all themed after, like, stage magic, basically. And there's three magician ghosts. But I love the way that they play with the environment here, where there'll be, you know, standard magician things. There's the box that you saw in half or the like a knife throwing wheel but then there's other things where there's just like playing cards hidden about or dice or you know you'll walk in and there's a room that's upside down and the ceiling fan is now on the floor and if you touch it it'll hurt you it's just that playing with the environment is really I don't know I really like that and then you go through the whole floor and you get to where the bosses are And then they leave to what looks like the next room over, but they also scramble where all the doors lead. So you have to go through the floors again, but this time kind of remapping it in your head. Backtracking done correctly. Yeah, I actually enjoy this backtracking. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, oh, this is new and old. Weird, I wish they had done something with the cat. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Imagine if the cat had that power. And you were going to the floors and it was mixing and matching the rooms. Uh, sorry. Sorry to stop harping on that. But yeah, this room, this floor was very cool. Yeah. It also introduces and is the only floor with it. But it has this uh, top hat that is ginormous. And you can put it on your yes. head and just run around all stupid. I love that kind of stuff. It's very fun. It's great. It's great. So then... Um, for story reasons, we discover that toad. there's a toad in the basement again. We have to go backtrack to that unfortunate level. Yeah, well, we um, um, we saved a toad in one of the previous floors. I just don't remember which one. But then you go yeah. to, you get the button for floor 12, which is the, the pirate-themed pirate. area. 
but there's a giant ship in the in the way of the door and you can't get past it so egad obviously without you having to backtrack and see oh did i miss something he just calls you he's like hey um you need an upgrade and toad has it but toad is in the boiler works and is lost so you got to go get him we go back to this unfortunate level and we, we get him um and we get the power up which it's weird that we get this it's it's a it's an outlet so you can plug your vacuum into an outlet and it makes it incredibly powerful um it's weird it's only used once in the game and it's used to clear this pirate ship which visually i loved it's really funny um, kind of just rips it apart so you can get through. Yeah, you only need it to progress once in the game, and it's right here. And there's only two other optional places to use it. Oh, really? I didn't even find those optional places. Yeah, one is in the next floor. Or no, two floors from this one where you can destroy the entire like speaker system. And then the other one is back in the music hall. You can go and destroy the background and find the orchestra pit. Um, and I think there's some secret, like a that's gem cool. or something back there. But that's still only three times you use this. But, I mean, if you're not looking for secrets, then it is only once. Um, I do love this floor visually because I'm a sucker for anything pirate related. So, like, this pirate-themed restaurant, it's very um, the Blue Bayou from Disneyland. Oh, yeah. It's, it's cool. I love it visually. I think the aesthetics of this are probably one of my favorite floors in the game. Just purely aesthetics. Because yeah. it really... Because th- we go through the restaurant. Yeah, it really threads that line of, oh, well, this is a place that people hang out, but also is pirate-themed. Yeah. You walk through the restaurant, and then you go through the back of the restaurant, and you're on a beach with the pirate ship in the water. And, again, there's more sand, so you can just suck it up and find secrets. And then you go to the pirate ship, where the boss fight is and the boss fight is just like the floor of the pirate ship with like a creepy mouth well it's it's cool but i also just love because when you step first step onto the pirate ship there's still like tables and chairs and stuff on it so even though this is like oh it's a pirate ship yar it's like it's still a restaurant and i think that level of detail really speaks to the environment storytelling but then yeah you fight a shark ghost who possesses the floor and you have to launch powder kegs into his mouth. And I don't know. It cool. reminded me a lot of the, just visually that part reminded me of the ice boss from the last game, which is not a good thing, but it is nowhere near as bad as that one. <laughs> no, this one's fun. <laughs> this is not a weird turret sequence. It's, it's, it's cool. This is where, what, what, Oh, the fitness center. That's right. Um, that is exactly what you think it is. It's weird that it's placed here, I think. I kind of do wish there was a little bit more of a ramping up in ridiculousness for the floors of the hotel. And this one feels like a normal a normal thing. Sure, it's ridiculously big for a hotel, but it, it, it feels like it should have been earlier on. Yeah, they could have put this one before the castle level, and then I think you would have a decent like intensity or just craziness curve with the exception of like boiler works i guess because that's pretty normal but yeah it does feel weird that you're like oh this is a magician floor and here's some pirates and then uh, you know it's a gym <laughs> i do love the boss here though the buff ghost <laughs> the muscle dude reminds me of the dude from the first game yeah but he this dude just does not seem like as much of an asshole. I don't know why that boss in the first game just really made me think he was an asshole. Uh, it, it's 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 fun. It's cute. 
Uh, we have another unfortunate cat chase, which I don't think there's anything to say about it. It's the same as the first one, pretty much, except you're going through the two previous floors. Yeah, you go through th- Again. three floors instead of just two this time. Yeah, cool. Uh, but then we get to the dance hall, which rules. Oh, my God. It's just this, like, <laughs> neon-soaked just area. And it's it's another boss fight floor, so there's not that much to find. There's a couple things, but it's, it's very similar to the museum. And there's just, like, dance floors you can light up and... You fight the the ghosts here who are who are doing dance choreography and it's it's very charming. Yeah, they're all wearing matching like street gang hoodie red hoodies with their chains <sighs> and they're doing just fucking disco dancing. And then the boss of this is this DJ lady with a giant seventies fro and these headphones and it's just really I love the aesthetics of this one as well. I think this and the pirate restaurant are just the best visually because they have so much charm and i love the ghosts dancing together and they're not trying to fight you they're just they just have a choreog like a choreographed routine they want to show you it's it's very good also a very very important detail about this floor when you step into the boss room uh luigi will start tapping his toes and snapping and guigi also taps his toes and is snapping and it is the best moment of the whole thing it's it's so good but that is our last basically normal floor before we get to the to the end of the game because next we have the penthouse it kind of reminds me of the i don't know the last mission from two from dark moon which is this larger area with interconnected puzzles and you have to get through one big main door and you can kind of go in any order well, not really, actually. You kind of, you have to figure out the order. Um, but it, I don't know. It's a good floor. It's a good final, final floor, really. I found. Oh yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of great moments here. Yeah, it's it, it's good. It's not it's not crazy in theme, but it works for a final floor, I think. And then we get the Helen Gravely boss fight, which I liked. It works on two planes. There's kind of the normal plane where Luigi is fighting her, and then Luigi goes down into the floor to do some light puzzle solving. Um, because she's like activated force fields that kind of spin around the arena and so you have to deactivate those so Luigi can get to her and I found this boss to be great in co-op because you're kind of doing two things at once and I, I don't know I really liked it this is one of the boss fights in the game that stood out to me it's really fun yeah so um in my co-op run so far we literally just finished dance hall so we haven't gotten to this one but this does seem like the boss fight that would be the best co-op because of how you are on-the-fly puzzle-solving with both characters. I think not only is that a great final boss design, because you're using, I mean, not exactly final boss, but you're using all the mechanics that you've kind of learned throughout the game, and that's always great for a final boss. But I think mm. just having that extra player, you're both moving around, is really satisfying. Yeah, it's it's phenomenal. Um, and honestly, in my heart, may as well be the last boss fight. Because after that, we rescue we rescue Mario from her, and then we're like, okay, time to go fight King Boo. Rescue Peach. Uh, at the, on the roof. Oh, Peach. Is it Peach? No, you, yeah, you oh, rescue Pe- Mario, but Peach, you have to yeah. go rescue Peach from the roof. And I love how Mario is like, let's go. He, like, he's into it, and we're just like, no. Well, and Mario's jumping <laughs> Stop, around like down. he's super goddamn Mario, and he's jumping up the stairs all wild, and like jumping over chasms and stuff and luigi is so scared that he still is like tiptoeing around it's really great showing the difference between the two and this last boss fight i think kind of like the second game honestly it just was a little underwhelming um 
it honestly works similarly too, where he's throwing big balls at you and they explode and there's like three bombs and you have to shoot one into his mouth. Um, it's it's okay. It's not it's not terrible. It's just kind of underwhelming, especially after the Helen Gravely fight that I felt was like such a good summation of all the abilities you've gotten and works really well. This one is just like it's just kind of generic feeling and it's fine. Yeah, I honestly think it's more boring than the King Boo fight in the second game because you don't have those hallway chase sequences it's literally just okay wait he'll spit boss he'll spit bombs and then you shoot him back at him i agree it it feels weird it honestly feels like i wish they had reversed the bosses i wish helen gravely had been the big bad who had released king boo and had control over him because i guess we didn't really talk about it story-wise she's like a big king boo fan yeah it's um, great all throughout the she really likes the it. penthouse suite you can see statues and tapestries and paintings and stuff of king yeah, boo she's, like obsessed. she's just obsessed it, it's cool but i kind of wish like imagine if she was holding control over king boo and it's but those boss fight orders were just reverse i don't know <laughs> i feel like that would have been a little more interesting but whatever it works it's not terrible i'm not angry at it i just wish it was a bit better yeah, and then I think like halfway through the fight, he'll summon a giant painting to try and suck up the whole tower. And just aesthetically, that feels really climactic, and I really appreciate that, but... It's cool. Yeah, and but the the fight itself is pretty standard. And I do like that it's on the roof. I mean, it feels appropriate, but yeah. Um, but after this, the hotel gets destroyed... And because we've taken care of King Boo, all the ghosts go back to their normal, like, goofy selves instead of being evil. And it's the cutest thing ever where they all realize, oh, the hotel's gone, so the ghosts don't have a place to live anymore. So during the credits, we get this awesome artwork of Luigi and Mario and Professor Egad and the whole gang rebuilding the hotel with the ghosts helping out. It's just really charming and really delightful. Yeah, they get all hard hats, and I love that one of them just eats the hard hat instead. <laughs> it's it's so good. It's 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 a fun montage of art, honestly. And yeah, that's pretty much the single player for Luigi's Mansion. Is there anything else you want to talk about? I did not go for a hundred percent, so I did not do the booze or uh, find the gems. Is there anything there that's worthwhile? Yeah, I mean it's fine. I wouldn't recommend doing it. You don't get anything for it. I mean. If you get all the booze, then you get a different flashlight where when you shine it on the wall, it has like a boo decal on it. That's fine. Oh. <laughs> um, and then if, okay. if you get all the gems, then the uh, plunger is uh, like translucent and gem shaped and themed. And it's like, okay, that's, that's whatever. It's cool. Weird. Okay. I will say some of the gems are more obtuse than others. Some of them are pretty standard, like there's one in the fitness center where you walk in and the floor sinks a little bit. If you put both characters on the floor, it sinks all the way and there's a trophy with a gem and you just grab it. Cool. I mean, it's pretty solid. Some of them, like there's one where a toilet is overflowing and Gooigi can't get past it and that one just really is confusing, but it has some really obtuse solution to it that I can never remember, so... I wouldn't recommend doing it. Just get what gems you can, and then if you get what booze you can. We also didn't mention the booze that... booze are a weird, like, afterthought in this game. They're like, they come up once in the main story, and then you never have to think about them again. It's interesting. Yeah, uh, we also didn't mention that, the like the last game, the gold also kind of has a purpose. Kind of. 
Um, so you collect gold just because, you know, it's Luigi's Mansion, you do that. But you can use it to buy either golden bones, which are extra lives, which I think is great. But you can also use it to buy hints for where a gem or a boo is located. But I don't know, you get waste, you get so much money in this game that even if you're buying every extra life possible and all the hints, you can still end the game with like over 20,000 gold. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's just a bit, it feels useless, like the money, I don't know why they went back to the system of basically the first game like yeah you can buy those things but if eh, they just don't really feel worth it and i don't know they took away the upgrading system which i can see i mean i can see the benefits of that but also it just makes the money feel so worthless it's satisfying to collect at least but i don't know it just feels like there's no reason to do it honestly yeah i um my solution for this would be to make the bones something that you can find hidden in the environment again I think that would be cool and would incentivize you for, you know, vacuuming everything in the room. But then also have that upgrade system where you could actually unlock different, like, combo moves with the vacuum. Like, say you get enough money and you upgrade the vacuum to where instead of a slam, you can do, like, a a spin attack. Like, that would be really cool and would increase the, like, kind of make the combat feel less dull but i don't know that's just me spitballing but it's definitely something to think about for a sequel and how they can improve i agree even if it was just cosmetics like you're talking about the decal and the light like what if they had a bunch of decals you could buy i don't know it just it felt it it feels a little flat talk the multiplayer which to be honest i did not really play um because honestly it looked like the skyscraper stuff from last time around um it seemed which seems fine but it didn't really grab me um what do you think of it um well did uh, i want to ask first did you play the scream park at all i opened it up played a mini game that was the inner tube stuff and went <laughs> nope <laughs> Yeah, uh, fair out. enough. Um, I have not touched it at all, but what's super weird to me is there's actually DLC for this mode. It's so weird. We're going to uh, and hold that off, actually, because we're going to talk about that in a minute. But yeah, it's really weird. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to talk about um, the Scarescraper. And yeah, if, um, if the listeners at home just want to skip ahead, like... 45 minutes you can just skip me screaming about this thing because man it is awful really yeah well, that so, was not what i was expecting it honestly looked the same to me which seemed fine but yeah okay yeah. so so back in the day i played the scarescraper on 3ds and it was great i had fun it's you know it wasn't perfect and i would rather play the main game but it's fun um in this one the only way you're going to have fun with this is with local co-op local multiplayer with other people who have the game on your own wi-fi router (laughs) just that's the only way that it's going to be functional because ah the nintendo special well and 
everyone talks so much shit about the um the Nintendo online servers and I completely understand some of them are really bad but they're getting better and you know Smash I think works great Mario Kart 8 works great um Animal Crossing is a little slow but works great um this one is almost just borderline completely unplayable <laughs> um so the way that, the way the skyscraper is set up in this is you pick between either 5 10 or 15 and then I think they just in a recent update added a 24 option I could not for the life of me finish a five floor tower because and give me a give me an estimate on time on that like is that a 10 minute game is that a 30 minute game um honestly it's kind of hard to judge I don't really remember but I think five floors is about like 20 minutes or like 25 minutes. I think each floor is, gives you a five minute time limit. Um, Man, and like, I, I, whatever you're gonna say, I can tell you, a multiplayer game that breaks, and you've spent more than like three minutes in is infuriating. So a 20 minute thing, that it sounds broken, is awful. Um. Yeah. Having it and forget about trying to finish a 10 floor 15. I don't know why they updated to add a 20 because there's no way. Because if you get 10 minutes in and then the game just flat out refuses to let you win and you just feel cheated, then that sucks. So it's set up the same way it was in the last game. You have floors in this skyscraper and you go through different rooms that are randomly generated and you have a different objective to finish. Um, the objectives in this one are like collect enough gold or defeat all the ghosts. Or I think there's one that like you find a certain number of things. I don't really remember too much, but the biggest, the biggest flaw with this is that five minute time limit and five minutes. I think it's five minutes at least it sounds really generous. It is way, way too strict because of the way that the level design is laid out. The level design is designed so that if you have multiple people, and again, you can have up to five player, five to eight players, or four to, four to eight players. Um, it's, you know, that is great. Cool. Uh, you can have four differently colored Luigis and their respective Gooigis, and that's great. You they can't do just for Luigi's. Yeah, you can't. Why do Mario games do that? They have such a vast amount of characters. I know. I, I'm still waiting for a Luigi's Mansion game that gives Princess Peach the Poltergust. Give it to me, Nintendo. Come on. But <laughs> it's four differently colored Luigi's. Whatever. The. It's weird. You can't do co-op play. Like, you can't be a Luigi and its corresponding Gooigi online. That's only for local multiplayer. So, it's really only four players online. Which I think is already pushing it. So, no huh. complaints there. Okay. <laughs> um, so, it's laid out where there's a bunch of different rooms. And you can, you know, split up and tackle the rooms independently. And then you'll complete the objective. The time limit is so strict. And there are so many things to get in your way. The first of which are, there are traps. Okay, cool. You know, there's fake doors, like in the first game. There's these rugs that will trap you. 
and it's like, okay, that's fine, you know, it impedes your progress for a couple seconds. No, it literally takes 30 seconds to get out of it without help. <laughs> so another Luigi oh. can come by and, you know, use the plunger to break the door that's holding you or, like, pull the rug apart and free you. But when you're all encouraged to split up, then you're stuck in this trap for 30 whole seconds in a five minute time limit. And then you won't have enough time to actually catch all the ghosts on the floor or collect enough gold unless your teammates are really crushing it, which is impossible. The other thing Mm, that this sounds like a game that would require a lot of communication. Yeah, you would think. And the only communication you have are, um, I think either two to four different communication options on the D-pad, one of which is help, one of which is over here, and another one is like a Yahoo type thing. And then there might be a fourth one. But you can spam the help like emote as much times as you want. No one's coming to help you. (laughs) I've played so many rounds where I get trapped in a trap because the rugs are impossible to see, especially when, you know, the game throws obstacles like power outages at you. Then it's just, okay, well, I have to sit here for 30 seconds and not play the game. <laughs> I'm I'm not against the traps yeah. in there. I just don't want them to last as long as they do. Seems like it compounds, too, with Nintendo's refusal to, like, allow voice chat or anything. Like, seems like that would be pretty rough. Yeah, there might be voice chat with the app, but I didn't actually boot it up to give it a shot. Um, Plus, I really don't like any voice chat in any game, but that's just my own anxiety speaking. That's fine. Um, The other main obstacle that makes these floors impossible to finish is there is at least... There's always one door that requires all four Luigi's and all four Gooigi's to step on one button at the same time to unlock the door. (laughs) You can see where this is going because if you're all split up and one person discovers the button door, then you can just sit there and spam the over here emote till the cows come home and no one will come until you have 20 seconds left and all the ghosts are in the room that you have to unlock and everyone's running around doing nothing or collecting gold that means nothing when you have to catch all the ghosts and then you run out of time and you have to start the all the floors back over it is the most frustrating thing to have because like it's a team-based thing online okay fine there's going to be some teammate struggles but like even if they are like, oh, someone says over here, I need to run over there. The floors are so big that it takes them forever to actually get there. So you waste a bunch of time just waiting there, or there's not much else you can do without wasting time running everywhere else. It is the most frustrating thing, just getting three floors in, which again is like 15 minutes, and then the game time limit just does not give you enough time to do anything. Yeah, that sounds awful. I'm glad I didn't try. <laughs> yeah. Um, definitely don't try unless you have uh, friends locally. Yeah, so the time limit is extremely frustrating. They throw other obstacles at you, like the power outages, which will 
the power will remain off until someone goes and locates the breaker switch and flips it. That is so bad when you don't have, you barely have enough time to actually complete the objective, let alone, let alone wander around in the dark looking for a light switch. The other main obstacle that happens is they will just straight up take your vacuums and throw them somewhere else on the floor and you have to track down your vacuum again. That sucks. <laughs> it really sucks. Um, so, you know, whatever, just fix it at a longer time limit or that's, that's fine. You know, make the objectives a little easier to compete, complete. That's fine. The only reason I'm really trying to do this is because I am a crazy person to go after 100% and want all of the Scarescraper exclusive ghosts for my ghost log. And, you know, there's some exclusive mini-bosses or just random stuff. Like, eh, whatever. It's mainly the, just the same combat you play in the main game, which, if you're not a fan of, okay, this is literally all. There's not really puzzle-solving. But then you get to the boss fight at the top of the tower. If you manage to complete, you know, three or four previous floors or nine previous floors or whatever... You get to the boss, and the boss seems really cool on paper. The boss of, and if there's other bosses I did not bother trying to find them, the only boss I ever got was Bulasis from the first game. And that sounds really cool, because I love Bulasis, and having him back in this game is really great, and he works kind of similar, but he works in a way that is a lot sim more similar to the final King Boo fight in Luigi's Mansion 3, where you just wait and dodge attacks, and then you can uh, shoot a bomb into his mouth, and he explodes into all the little boos, and you can vacuum him up, and it's great. It would be great if the online worked in any capacity, <laughs> because you cannot dodge attacks when you have literally single-digit frames, and not just single digits like, oh, it's oh, nine no. frames a second. No, it's like three frames a second. It is impossible to react to anything. That sucks. And and you're listening to this, and you're like, oh, yeah, that sucks. Um, maybe if they fix the online service. Yeah, that would be great, except one time the online was working for me, and I was fighting Bulosis, and one of the... One of the boos that Bulasis splits up into literally got stuck inside a wall and was unattainable. Oh no. And he wouldn't form back into the big Bulasis so you couldn't reset his pattern. He was literally just stuck in the wall and all the other Luigis were dead and for some reason the game glitched and you couldn't resurrect them, which was annoying. So I literally just had to sit there and wait for four minutes <laughs> for the timer to end and get a game over all right that sounds atrocious <laughs> um yeah and then the one other thing is okay well the online sucks just play it by yourself it's not going to be great but play it by yourself you can't because the time limit's so strict that without teamwork it's impossible because you can't move fast enough it's just really there's so many design choices for this mode that seem like they're just they turned around and walked miles backward from the last game that sucks. I... Wow. Um, yeah, I'll reiterate. God, I didn't play it. <laughs> yeah, and I it's so, it's so disappointing because I actually enjoyed the Scarescraper in the last game, and I'm like, oh, this is online. I can play it without having 
you know, a bunch of people with the thing, but it's such a letdown. It was the most frustrating online experience I have ever had. What a bummer. It's so crazy to me that we see console games like that in 2019. Like, I know the joke is Nintendo and online and blah, 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 but come on. I mean, what, Halo 2 came out over 20 years ago at this point? Figure it out. Yeah, and I'm like, okay. I don't have a lot of sympathy. And that would be great. And obviously there are a lot of lag and online problems, but the core structure of the game with their obstacles and the time limit don't work. So I'm, I honestly think that if they fix the online connection problems, I still don't think it would be fun. And that is a really, really big shame. Yeah. Um, and that honestly dovetails into the screen park stuff, which again, you didn't play and I really just touched the surface of it just it's a bunch of mini games and they don't seem terrible honestly for the most part but they don't seem compelling in any way either just kind of a distraction if if you want more or i don't know if you're a kid who wants to play with their friends yeah from what i've seen it looks like if you were to boot up a mario party game and just only play mini games yeah which isn't you know it's more content and it doesn't seem supremely negative again except for the fact that i loaded into the the inner tube one <laughs> which was like nope um but other than that yeah so i don't know if that's basically the multiplayer and other o- mode offerings in this game they're fine i don't don't buy this game for those apparently especially not the screen scraper stuff But um, with that, let's talk about the legacy. Let's talk about what we expect from uh, where this game will be. Right now, as of recording this, we are in August of 2020. And um, so really, I don't know, about six months after launch. And this game has received or is receiving two DLC packs, both of which are for the screen park mode, which is insane to me. I have no idea why that's what they're doing. I gotta imagine these are modes they already made and they're just they just held them for DLC because I can't imagine anybody truly wants that. Yeah, as of recording, DLC pack two, I believe, came out last night. So okay. it should all be out by now. So they're both out. Yeah. I didn't bother buying them because I don't care about those mini games. Um and I as far as I could tell it seemed unclear whether that they were gonna do more. I doubt we'll get single player DLC. Just doesn't seem in the cards. Yeah, unfortunately. it seems more likely that they would just release a fourth game rather than do DLC. So that's one thing I wanted to talk about. Do you think it's likely we get a fourth game? Um, I not anytime soon, honestly. Just judging by the time between games, really. Be, like you pointed out, that it's been like five years since two. I don't think we'll see it this like on the switch unless it's late switch oh god no and even still i honestly don't think it'll be next level doing them that sounds really pessimistic but i don't know i feel like either next level really needs to uh change it up from because this is basically 
like it sounds really negative to say this, but it feels like Luigi's Mansion Two, but slightly different. Yeah, um, I don't disagree. That that's interesting that you don't think it would be them. So let's talk about then what we'd we what we would want from a theoretical Luigi's Mansion Four. Um, and why don't you start us off since you're talking about developers and stuff? Is there anybody you would rather have take it? Um, I honestly have not thought about this because I think either three is going to be the last game in the series for an extremely long time or next level needs to reinvent the wheel. But, you know, if they have someone else step up that puts the amount of dedication into the environment and the character animations as next level did, but change the gameplay into something a lot more interesting and also the structure into something more interesting i think we could have a really really enjoyable you know family friendly action game and yeah i i really want to see that but it i'm still a person that is partial to the first game and you know that's my own personal preference but having that sort of condensed and varied experience that honestly even if it's short i think that works better than having a long game that's boring (laughs) but so you would need a team or just directors or something that would focus on that aspect of it rather than here is an action game that is accessible and pretty standard the thing that i've been thinking about a lot is the structure of these games isn't too different. I think one is the most distinct, but Dark Moon and this game basically have the same structure. I think this game's just better about hiding it. Um, this mission-based structure, this level-based kind of idea. And I think that's fine. It works. But I would like to see them try to do something a bit more open. It doesn't have to necessarily be open-world, but maybe like, I don't know, what if it was a small neighborhood or even just a cul-de-sac with several houses you could go into? I just think that that's, there's something interesting there, and I would like to see them expand the mechanics and ideas in that sense instead of having this very linear adventure do something a bit more um, explorative. I think it would be really cool, like a spooky Mario-themed neighborhood. I, I would really love to see something like that, personally. Yeah, yeah, I think for sure. And that was... That's interesting that you'd say you'd... For, like, multiple houses, that's a really cool idea... But I think even if you were to stick to just one building, you could have it be a game-long version of a Zelda dungeon where you would have different items that you'd need to take to different rooms in the house and solve puzzles that way. A lot of like contextual puzzle solving and just having that whole like environment in your head in order to solve puzzles instead of okay here's one room and here's all the puzzles and all the solutions in this one room i think that would be a lot more interesting but again that could just be personal preference speaking yeah i think but my desire to say this is i really like the normal stuff cartoonified like i love the hotel lobby and all that stuff and so like seeing a neighborhood like all the houses of course would be different like imagine if there was a school level or like a um, like a convenience store even like I think that there's just a lot of fun stuff you could do with that environment that they haven't really tapped into 
yeah for and, sure like, maybe you could have a graveyard there or something you know there's just so many like just like normal things that you could cartoonify in the mario universe and it would be it would i think it would be really fun but yeah i don't know do you have anything else to say about it yeah i think whatever they do next they really need to focus on um having like just having the whole environment interconnect with itself rather than be a room by room basis or a floor by floor basis or a mission by mission basis i think having a more you know encompassing adventure rather than a series of levels i think just speaks to you know a single building better um but all that said, and it sounds, the way we've been talking about this sounds extremely negative. I really like this game. Oh yeah, me too. And i um, about to get into it in the next segment. Um... Really quick, I think it'd be fun if we did a Safe Station Radio official, uh, definitely the best, don't believe anybody else, this is definitely the official ranking for the Luigi's Mansion games, we're right and you're wrong, uh, worst to best, let's go. I think I'm going to start and say Dark Moon's probably the worst, and uh, then it's just between Luigi's Mansion 1 and 3 in terms of how we, how we would rank them. What are you thinking? Um... I know someone is probably going to say this is just nostalgia speaking, but I still think one is the best. Interesting. See, I actually think if I were to look at these experiences and as video game, uh, just as normal video games, I think I preferred three. Um, really? And it granted, I didn't play one as a kid. I only played it last year for the first time and I really liked it, but I think three's bubbly cartooniness and just like, there was a sense of excitement every floor I went to to see what was on that floor and what was happening next that I just didn't have with the other two games, quite frankly. And, like, I really like that. Even if some of the problems I have with 3 are worse than the problems I have with 1, I think ultimately I valued that experience just a bit more. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, the I think the main reason that I put 1 above 3 is 1 just feels like a smaller game and that might seem like a negative point in the eyes of some, but I actually honestly think it's a positive because in the small space that they have, they pack so much detail and charm in this small package rather than try to spread it out over this grand thing. And I don't know. I, that, I think that's just personal preference, honestly. And to anyone listening that loves you know, two, and we just said it's the worst. I still think two is a great game. So, Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's worse in relative terms. I, you know, it, it's a fun game. I, we, we recommended it on our episode and I'm sticking to that. It's just when you look at the series as a whole, I do think it doesn't match up to the other two. Yeah. And part of it could be that I never actually really paid money to get one <laughs> where like if I had to pay, yeah. 40 to 60 dollars for one i probably wouldn't have liked it as much as i did because i don't think it's long yeah. enough to justify that cost i do and i do think this is why i will ultimately side with you in terms of a ranking i do think one is such a 
because it is short, it there's just very little fat on it, and it's just very easy to get through, and there's very little negatives to it. Like I said earlier, I don't think I think the combat holds up all the way through that game, not because the combat is the deepest thing in the world, but because it's it's short. It doesn't give you time to get bored of it, and I do think that's valuable. Yeah, and I think I enjoy a short game that is focused and. I will enjoy replaying over a long game that bores me. Yeah, it's definitely better for a product to leave you feeling like you want more than you feeling like you're just sick of it. But so and I even agree. still, oh, it sounds okay. like <laughs> we're sick of Luigi's Mansion Three, but that's not the case. I enjoyed. Oh, not at all. I enjoyed my the entire like sixteen hours it ran or whatever. Um, it just feels a little bit slower later in the adventure than you know i don't think luigi's mansion one ever got long enough to feel slow so let's lock it in then the official rankings of luigi's mansion are luigi's mansion dark moon at number three luigi's mansion three at number two and luigi's mansion at number one uh there's no arguing with those those are the best if anybody tells you otherwise they are just wrong remember that (laughs) always and forever um okay well thanks for hanging out for us guys for this uh long podcast on luigi's mansion 3 i hope you enjoyed our luigi's mansion series so we're talking about what's up next it's a little nebulous and i apologize for that it's basically my fault um we did not anticipate COVID 19 like a lot of people so we are recording remotely that meant i had to buy a microphone from amazon which meant it took a month to get here so I don't know if I will have this episode edited in time to release um, two weeks after the last one. And if that's the case, and it doesn't, you'll actually be hearing two episodes on the Doom series. One covering Doom 1 through 2016, and the other one just about Doom Eternal. And that'll be if this episode comes out on time. If it does come out on time, or I'm sorry, if it doesn't come out on time, you will be hearing after the Doom episodes, and you will be hearing Final Fantasy VII Remake next. If that makes sense. I jumbled it a little bit there. But basically, um, if this episode comes out in time, Doom, two Doom episodes will be next. If it doesn't, Final Fantasy VII will be next. Hopefully that made sense. Yep, those are the... If you're listening to this on the... Uh, that would have been May 2nd, then... Doom will be next, followed by Doom Eternal, followed by Final Fantasy VII. Otherwise, you can look back in the feed and there will be two Doom episodes. That means Final Fantasy is next. Yes, which I'm very excited about podcasting. <laughs> and then also of note, if those Doom episodes do come next, that first Doom episode, I believe we call it, actually maybe both of them, we call it um, Video Games Are Cool. That's because those episodes were recorded long before this one. Um, we're kind of getting ahead in episodes, so that's why. There's just a little bit of a continuity error there. Ignore it. This is now the name of the podcast, so. Yeah, there you go. Hope you enjoyed it, and have a good day. Take care. <laughs>